The Apartment Rebellion will not be televised. Resident experience will be more than a buzzword. Staff experience will finally matter. It's happening right now. It's in the hands of the doers, the innovators, the boundary pushers, who are moving the industry forward, just like the people on this show. This is the Apartment Rebels podcast, hosted by Flamingo CEO Jude Chi. Welcome, friends of the rebellion, and may the force be with you. Well, welcome to um, our latest episode of the Apartment Rebels podcast. And today I am excited to have Larry Bellack of Riva uh, to talk more about technology in the multifamily industry. So today we are live at Optech, and Larry is our first guest. So welcome. You have, now you have to really set the stage, set the expectations, so that no one else can do better than this. Fantastic. Well, Jude, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. NMHC Optech is always the, the preeminent trade show when it comes to things having to do with technology, with operations, and really has been one of my favorite trade shows to go to in my very long, very old man career. Um, I've been in multifamily for 36 years. I've seen, I was going to say, <laughs> I was not going to say, I have seen a lot of change in the industry. Yeah, I am a legend in my own mind, but uh, I spent a lot of years in it and it's been great. I think the last couple of years has really been exciting, probably as you and some of your team have seen that the industry is really starting to embrace change. Part of it having to do obviously with what COVID has thrown in us and part of it having to do with the fact that we just seem to get a little bit smarter every year in technology. So I'm excited about it. Excited to be here. Oh, welcome. So one thing that I love about your background is that you have done sales for so many different companies, like companies that are all pushing the industry to go forward. So can you talk a little bit about your background on the industry, where you started, what first brought you into the industry, and then how you've seen some things like evolved both the last their years. Sure. Well, I'll give you the condensed uh, edition. Otherwise, we'll be here and until the rest of my hair goes gray. So I started in the industry, a little mom and pop supply company, and we started delivering apartment supplies to apartment communities across the country. We then sold to a company called Wilmar. We were the first time that the stock exchange actually looked at a multifamily company and we went public on the stock exchange. I stayed with them for another year and then went to work for a couple of startup companies, always for companies that were sort of pushing the edge, as you mentioned. The multifamily industry has gotten kind of a bad rap about always being five to 10 years behind the builders. And over the last couple of years, being with, with LRO, which did revenue management, I was with them before companies really adopted revenue management. Now it's very difficult to find a property management company or an owner that doesn't embrace some sort of revenue management. We all know the airline industry and the rental car industry have been doing it for decades. Now the multifamily industry is doing it as well. I worked for a company called Anyone Home, which is started off as a, just a high-end call center doing some really cool technology. And now they've evolved in, into some other things with technology as well. Great, great company. And then um, my most recent stint was with a company called Mobile Doorman, which really took mobile apps to a much higher level and really pushed the resident experience to not just do little bits and pieces on an app, but to do everything on an app. And then um, just recently, I've come to work with a company called Riva Technology. 
Now, this is the first time I can remember in my career where the entire group of the company are all silicon technology experts. Silicon Valley guys all built tech and have all been outside the multifamily industry. They were actually brought into the industry from an owner who said, there's got to be a better way to do certain things. One of the things that this owner dealt with, as a lot of owners deal with, is if I ask three people to bring me a report, I'll get three reports with three completely different answers. The, the underlying systemic problem in our industry is we have, we get a lot of bad data. In order to make decisions in almost any business, in any industry, you have to have good data. You know better than anyone, good data is, is the key to making good decisions. One thing that is really interesting about that is we research, our company does a lot of needs. So one of our most recent needs was about reports and how long it takes for on-site team members to do reports and how for some people give full reports from other reports to create another report. And it's just insane for, uh, for them to spend so much time on actually like that data when it doesn't actually match up from different systems. So I'm curious, I don't know if you are able to, but who is the owner? Because it's always interesting to see people that are really looking to push the industry forward. Yeah, I, I think it's a great question. So our, our CEO, who's, the, you know, just that I, I call, he's our, he's our geekiest of geek decks, but he loves data. And he said that in most technology industries where you're pushing technology forward, there's a, there's an old joke that the, Someone will come to the tech department and say, hey, I need the report to pull this, this, and this. And the tech developer says, what are you going to use it for? And the other person says, well, I'm not sure yet. He says, okay, that's a level seven decision. We'll get to it when we get to it. In Revo Tech, we pull all the data for everything that happens, not just transactional data, but we gather all of the data. So when somebody clicks on a website, when somebody calls, when they tour a property, whatever it is, we pull all of the data so that no matter what you ask me for later, we can pull the report for you. That's awesome. What I love about that as well is it's a classic Silicon Valley like startup move because going in, you don't know what type of reports you need. You don't know what kind of data you need to collect, but you know it's important to do it because down the line, when you need to collect the data, it's already there. Now we simply have to figure out, okay, here is what we need to see. We need to understand how many things will have based on the website. And then you can actually pull that report based on being like, oh, we don't know if I'm going to the website. Let's start tracking it. And then by that time, it's too late because we now have two years where there is zero data. So I love that because that is very, very Silicon Valley-esque. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. I was talking to a gentleman when I was waiting to get in and we were talking about one of the big, big statistics now that people are tracking is self-guided tours or virtual tours, anything having to do with that. Somebody said that one of the REITs had reported 85% of their residents had done a self-guided tour. And I said, well, what about the second question? Out of that 85%, how many signed without ever having a physical tour? How many dropped off the the platform after they did a self-guided? So those are the kind of questions that our company and other companies should be asking and should have answers to all the time. You have to drill down further and further and further so that you get all of those answers. So taking a little bit of a step back, can you talk a little bit more about, about like what is Riva? I know right now you guys are primarily in Stockholm. 
But if you are able to, can you tell us what, uh, what problem are you on solving and how are you going about it? Sure. So Riva, Riva is a technology company that is a front-end CRM, customer relationship management platform, and a data and analytics platform. And the CEO and I, we always joke, I love the data and analytics, and I'm not a data guy. He loves the CRM piece, and he's a data guy. What it does is it marries those two things together. So when a customer comes to your website or is first looking at your property, you should be able to track that customer's journey from the moment they first step foot on your, on your platform all the way through. And that's what Riva does. Riva is like a CRM that has been on injected with steroids. So we can tell you everything that a resident does once they come to your website or they call in or they handle anything, any questions being asked of the property. The other piece of it is there's also a little bit of a push to change the way we handle lease. In our industry, there has been a big push now for less and less on-site staff, the old model of one per 100 maintenance, two per 100 for on-site staff, those days are long gone. We joke they went out with the Y2K movement. So now it's how do you become more efficient with less people? So Riva has perfected what we call a lead development system where all the calls for an entire group of properties, the entire portfolio, or for a group of properties can come into one central office and all of those questions be answered. And one of the benefits for an owner or manager is that you can now leverage your entire portfolio, not just the one property. Yeah. There's an old saying in our industry, one lead, one property. We hope we never, ever, ever hear that ever again. Yeah. One lead should belong to all the properties because people today look for what they want in an apartment. It may not be the one they originally started with, but if it's one that you have in your portfolio, you as an owner or manager win. Yeah. That's what Riva is all about. I absolutely love that for so many different reasons. I saw on your website that one of the end goals is that you are able to reduce site of scenes by like 7% by using automation, by using data and just like the world and using technology. And I feel like that completely plays into it because if I am a resident, like, and I'm looking for a place. I'm pretty open to a lot of different places. That was that one building that I initially saw on some ILS or somewhere else. So it really allows owners to take advantage of their scale. So a company like what I say, any of like the bigger guys, they can only take advantage of the scale that they have with transactable centralized. Yeah, and, and you think about the way you buy things or the, or the things that you want, and we all want immediate gratification. When I call a company and I get a, a call center and they can't answer a simple question that I want because they don't know the property, they don't, I immediately go on to the next thing. In Reva, the way Reva is set up, when that call comes in, if it doesn't get answered on that property, it gets answered on one of their other properties. The people that are answering the phone are the same people that go to the company Christmas party or the company holiday party. So they can answer questions like about dog breeds or dog restrictions, or do you have other events? Do you, do you have a referral program? All of those questions get answered the first time. And in our industry today, you have to capture the resident when the resident wants. It's not about taking the lead and then sending it to somebody who then has to pick up the phone and call you back. It's about I want answers and I want them now. Yeah. And fortunately or unfortunately, 
that's the way the world has changed and Riva has changed with it. It's one of the things that I love. My wife will tell you, I am the least patient human being on the planet. I want an answer before I ask it. I want somebody to be able to anticipate what I want and give me that answer. And that's what Riva is about. So that one special problem that I see here is if I have a portfolio of 100, 200, how can I as a releasing agent that's part of the central I'm seeing be able to answer questions for 200 different properties? That's a great question. So what happens is in a central leasing office and the way we designed Reva is, and, and the, the question we always ask a company when we start to roll them out is, can you tell us your five or six best of the best people? And immediately they can tell you, they can write the name down, say this person closes 80% or 90%. Those are the people that we put into the central leasing office because they can answer 90% of the questions that any resident or any prospect is going to ask. Some of the other people have different likes. Some people like to talk about apartments. Some people like to do paperwork. I'm not that paperwork guy. I like to talk, as you've seen. And so those are the people that we staff. And we think about four or five people can handle five to 6,000 units, really? can answer enough, all the questions that will come in. So when you think about the, just the scale, the drastic amount of overhead that could be reduced if a property chooses to, or a management company will feel it's a massive reduction in staff, but yet our closing ratios go up 75 and 80% on leasing. That was going to be my next question. So what does that look like in terms of like the close rate for a centralized leasing venture on site property specific when the use of Yeah. So if you think about it, if your on site staff had 80% more time to be able to work on the things that they need, which are actually showing somebody an apartment or when somebody's ready to sign a lease, answering those last few questions, that's what happens. And so 80% of the on-site tasks go away. The central leasing office is answering those questions and our closing ratios go up sometimes 70, 75% simply by being able to answer the question the first time, the right way, when it's asked and being able to sell a lifestyle. So answering the questions about what are you looking for in an apartment? It may not be the apartment that you called about, but did you know we have this apartment and this apartment that's nearby that has all the things you're looking for? All of those things go towards the end, which is closing much faster, much quicker. So then talk to about data a little bit more. So you mentioned that one of the really innovative things you all are doing is really struggling with every single touch point. So what is one for it for an on-site super perspective, perspective and a bonus perspective for what that data might look like and what are some of the problems it might solve for me. Sure. So one of the things that our industry has made a, made a habit of doing is whenever we're not hitting our number, our leasing is down, our, our amount of traffic is down, the way we have always sort of knee-jerk reacted to that is we need more advertising, we need more people. We don't need any of those things. We need to know what are the ad sources that are working for us. So one of the things that, that our data does, Reva does, is when somebody gets on the website and they click through, a, a, through onto a website, we see where that person went, we see all the touch points and where they actually booked the tour. So at the very end, you can pull up that resume and say, what did they do? What journey did they take? In order to map a journey, you have to capture all the data. 
But if you map the journey and capture all the data, you can look back and say, hey, Jude, we have 300 people coming to the property now. They're all coming from abc.com. None of them are converting. Do we want to spend more money using that website? Absolutely not. We only have 20 people coming from our corporate website, but 18 out of those 20 have closed on a lease. That's where we want to spend our time. And it's about being a smarter, a smarter consumer. Yeah. And that's why it's such a classic word that a lot of startups function, especially at the beginning, which is you look at across all the different channels where you have marketing, you have sales, you have touch points or everything else, then look at what's bringing in the most number of leads. And then what is that conversion percentage? Once you figure that out, then you spend more money on the things that are converting and then less on the things that are not converting. So are you saying that right now in the multifamily industry, that doesn't happen? Yeah, in the multifamily industry, it is, again, I will ask three people to pull for me a data report on my marketing results. They're going to pull how many people visited your website, how many people toured, and how many closed. And they'll extrapolate from that whether or not it was good or bad. But there's so many more touch points that a smart operator should be looking at. Which one, gener which one generated the most that flowed through all of those steps? And that's what I think our industry has just not really done a great job doing. And it's one of the things that we're trying to educate owners and managers that you should be able to look at any data and know what happened. One of the other things in our industry that has sort of been a black hole for a long time is where does the prospect fall off? Like they visited my website, they started to fill out a lease and then they stopped. Why? Well, and Rebuy, you can actually see when they're filling out their report or they're filling out their questionnaire on do the credit screening, if they fall out, we capture that. We know right where they fell out. It literally could be as simple as did you have a problem answering question number nine on the credit report? Well, yeah, but I didn't know who to call or I didn't know who to talk to. Or I tried scheduling a tour and it sent me to this black hole and just said, someone will call me. That's not automated. Automated means when I get on that website, I schedule a tour. It should be smart enough like Reva was to know what the calendar is, who's got an opening and automatically book it and send them a confirmation the first off. Nice. I love that. One thing that I really wish every property owner, VP, CEO, whoever would do is to go through the whole like prospect period to really understand what prospects that go through all the way from the website to the tour to the post follow so they can really understand where all the gaps are because there are so many places where you can see those drop offs and a lot of people realize it. I, I absolutely love that. One of my favorite shows to watch. It's a little uncomfortable, but it's undercover bots. I, it, it amazes me how many C-level folks do not pick up the phone and call their lease office. We were looking at a management company the other day that had touted a lot of automation. And so I sent a note to them. It's, it's two weeks later. I'm at Optech. I've never heard from the company. My CEO called them on the phone, spoke to a very nice person who said, Yep, um, so-and-so will call you back. As of this morning when I talked to him, they still hadn't called him back. It's a couple of weeks later. It's, it's the kind of journey you, you want to do business with those companies that do business like you would do business. Um, and, I, and, and I joke one time, I was feeling very gutsy and decided I would call 
Victoria's Secret to order something for my wife. I don't know if you've ever called them. They are a great example in how to do customer service. They had every piece of history that my wife had ever ordered. And if you've ever seen a man shopping for something like that for their wife, it's hysterically funny, but, but they know everything about it. They will talk about buying patterns, what the history was, what time of year, what things they will make suggested. They will talk about your budget. They handle that, their central lead development that they have as if they've been doing it their entire career. And they probably have. So it's one of the things that I ask everybody in the companies I've worked for. We always called and used our own product. It's a great way to find out if you're getting it right or you're getting it wrong. I think like a small way to do this is for every apartment company, if you hire a new leader, a new VP, direct manager, make them go through the full leasing process. So they fully understand what it's like prospects and for like current restaurants. I think the picturesque example also really good model. So looking at other companies, other industries, like what are some of those other things that companies outside of a multifamily industry do that do really well, that the multifamily industry should copy? Yeah, I, I think the first one is just to never to be complacent. One of the things that uh, right now we're going through in our industry is that everybody is, they're, they're, for the most part, their properties are full. They have waiting lists on some properties. So they're not thinking about making any technology changes or it, it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of, kind of thinking. One of the things that drove the revenue management industry years ago is that people said, I need to be prepared for what is, what is coming. You know, Wayne Gretzky has a famous quote that he says, I never skated to the puck. I skated to where the puck was going to be. And it was just such great advice. And I think everybody in our industry who's enjoying this great time right now needs to understand that they should be thinking about what's going to happen three years from now. Because technology changes today on their platform, on their CRM, on their data are going to be things that are going to help them for the next 12 months, 24, 36 months. And they should not be afraid to do it now not wait until we have to go back and try to figure out how to fix it. I think that is probably the single biggest lesson that I would love to impart on multifamily. Don't wait until there's a problem. Get it before it happens. And I hear that all the time. It's like, oh, we are at 98 percent. Like, funny. It's like, no, we need to plan for the next thing. Because if it's this good now, it means supply is going to like fall back up, which means so when the, when the housing market went through the big crash and the apartment industry also took a pretty big dip, I won't mention his name, but a very good friend of mine, the industry, I absolutely love. He made the decision as the whole market started crashing to implement revenue management. And so a year later, everybody was like, well, why'd you do revenue management? Everybody was, was bombing and bombing. And, and I'm going to use his exact quote. It's not too colorful, but it's a little, he said these companies were down 10 and 12 and 14%. We were only down three to 4%. We sucked less than everybody else in the industry. And I think there's a lesson to be, to be had by that. Did he make a ton of money that year? No, but they lost nowhere near what all their competitors lost because he had instituted something in advance because he saw the cycle turning. He saw the problem coming. And he knew it was something they needed to do as a company. And he did. And they did a great job. And to his benefit, when it bounced back, it bounced back faster for him. 
than all of his other competitors. And I just, I love that story. I, I, and he's, he's still in the industry and he's still a maverick. So if you could solve one problem in the industry, what would that problem be? I would say, don't be afraid to try and steal second. Stop standing on first base. I hate to use sports analogies, but it's like, you know, the Braves wouldn't have got through if they didn't have people stealing second. I think for the multifamily industry is ask more, demand more technology, demand more from your supply partners. And if you don't know what they do or you're not sure, ask them. They should be every company in this industry should constantly be looking at two or three alternatives for what it is they do well and for what it is they don't do well all the time. That would be my advice. So then last question that, so looking at the next two, three, five years in the industry, what would be a top two or three predictions? Top two or three predictions. Um, I think we're going to see more companies coming in from the outside. I think we're going to see more technology savvy companies come in and really test the status quo. Um, I think that's one. I also think that there's going to be more and more, and this isn't, this is probably not, you know, anything, any revelation. I think we're going to see more and more people moving away from the traditional brick and mortar offices, both from the supply side and from the apartment side and do more things virtually. Um, and I think, I think residents are going to demand more from owners and they're going to be tired of waiting for people to call them back or email them back. I think they're going to, we're going to see a big movement towards those companies who say, whatever you need, we're available 24 seven and we're going to give you automatic answers. I see the same thing as well, especially on your last point. Right now, I hear from a lot of property managers complaining about the fact that residents met but of resident expectations have increased. And I say, yeah, they have. It's because your restaurants are used to the Ubers. They are used to the Google's world where everything is on demand. Everything is much faster. It's basically the Amazon experience. Before Amazon, you were fine waiting like two weeks to get your package. With Amazon, you're like, why is this taking me three days to get my package? So I think the multifamily industries finally have that for you. Yep. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I love that example because, you know, we get upset when the internet doesn't work on an airplane. Yep. Yep. I play with Lucy Kachel. It's exactly that. Expectations change very, very quickly. Yep. Yeah. So Larry, thank you so much for being on. This was awesome. Absolutely. My pleasure. I didn't think this is a great idea. I think the more that we can share in the industry, the more people you have an opportunity to share and get their feedback. I think we all benefit from that. And, you know, we always said a ri rising tide raises all ships. Yep. So we want them all up there. Love it. So you are officially a rebel. Thank you. I love being a rebel. Thank you. I'll be a Thank you.